Welcome to Growing Your Team, a podcast designed for small business owners seeking to grow their company with the help of employees and contractors. Your time is limited, which means growing and leveraging teams is essential for business success. The Growing Your Team podcast is the place to learn tips and techniques designed to help you know when it's the right time to hire, how to select perfect fit team members, and how to maximize productivity while creating a positive work environment. Drawing from her 10 plus years of leadership and hiring experience, here is your host, Jamie Van Kuyk. Hello, Jamie Van Kuyk here and welcome back to the Growing Your Team podcast. Today, I have on guest Ashley Haywood. Ashley is a mom, wife, and an e-commerce expert. She's a tea lover, health nut, and an adventurer. Ashley always loved high-end teas, but was annoyed when measuring out loose leaves, cleaning up infusers, and sticky honey. She created Embrew lightly sweetened tea bags to make the perfect brew every time so we can all enjoy more tea with less hassle. Ashley and I met through the No Woman Network, and I'm so excited to be sharing her with you today on the podcast. One of the things that Ashley and I are talking about during this episode is how Ashley scaled her business and started hiring a team before she even had the opportunity to go full-time herself, which I know can sound scary when you're hiring a team and giving your employees more than you're taking yourself out of your business. But sometimes it's the right thing to do in order to scale your business, so then your business can produce what you need and what you want so you can ditch the nine to five or start drawing that good paycheck from your business. And we're also talking about tea versus coffee and how they can impact productivity with your employees. So let's jump into the episode. Hi, Ashley. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Growing Your Team podcast. I'm super glad to be here and I am impressed so much with what you've done in growing your own business. And thank you so much for having me as a small business owner to talk about the good and the bad things about growing my business and my team as I've started. Um, This is like the sixth or seventh year being in my business, but it still feels so new to me and fresh because I'm learning so much all the time. (laughs) Yes. There always is so much to learn, but before we get into all that, can you take a moment and introduce yourself and your business? Yeah, great. I'm Ashley Haywood. I started a tea business in 2016 called Embrew. Embrew is a tea business where essentially I had this need and want for a really great cup of high-end tea, but that didn't require all the cumbersome pieces of finding loose leaves and measuring them out, having a tea infuser and finding sticky honey. And then of course, the whole cleanup situation, because at that time I just wanted something that was easy that I could have in a tea bag with sweetener already in there so that I didn't have to spend a lot of time in with the process of making the tea in order to get a good cup. But I was super disappointed with mediocre grocery store tea bags. So that's really where I started. And the, you know, 
what the idea was. And I didn't, I had this idea way before I actually brought it into the world. I just wanted to find a sweetened tea bag myself. And this was about 15 years ago, but I couldn't find anything. I mean, store shelves, nothing. And then Google, I think back then it was, I don't know, 20, 2008, 2007, something like that. And Google actually gave me back like an empty results page, which I haven't seen. I had never seen before, you know, like Google says there's not there, you know, we can't find what you're looking for, but maybe you can search something else. I just couldn't believe sweetened tea bags was such an obvious thing because people have been sweetening their tea for so long, hundreds of years, but no one had put them together. And I wanted it for myself, but again, I didn't, wasn't in the position, didn't have the wherewithal or the motivation to bring something like that into the world until years later. Yeah. It there's, I love so much that you said in there. Um, so obviously Ashley and I have, we've known each other for a few years now. So we've talked about tea and everything before I'm a big tea drinker. I don't drink coffee, but I will say even this morning, I have my cheap store uh, tea bag in here because it's one of those days where I was like, okay, I'm running late. I have no idea where my tea infuser is for my loose leaf tea, like all this stuff. And you do talk about it. It takes more effort to do like the loose leaf tea and everything versus just throwing a tea bag in. So I throw, keep some tea bags around the house just to throw in. I'm like on those days where I'm like, okay, that's all I have time for. I don't want to deal with all this additional stuff. So I think it's like, it's such a great idea. Now, me personally, I don't put any sweetener in my tea. Um, I've tried Ashley's tea before and it is delicious, but for me, it's not my day-to-day thing. But I say, if you like sweetened tea, if you like sweetener in your tea, you got to try the Embrew tea. Like it is so good, the different flavors. And we've even did an event once where the tea was used to make cocktails and they were delicious. (laughs) I remember that. That was such a fun event. Forever ago, it seems like now. (laughs) Right. And I'm trying to remember what the cocktails even were, but there was, there were two different options. One of them used the lavender chamomile kick. And the other one I think used the amber black maple, which I don't carry anymore. I reformulated that one, but yeah, that, that was the idea too, is just creating unique flavors and you know, most people ask immediately, how sweet is it? What do you sweeten with? And the truth of the matter is that it is not Southern sweet tea. So that is not what my product is really. I use sweetener like granulated maple, granulated honey, coconut sugar. I have a bourbon smoked sugar in with one of my white teas. And really the idea is to enhance the flavor the way a chef does in the kitchen where they add just a little bit of sweetener to pull out flavor notes that would otherwise not be there. And that's really what I like in my personal taste, but the creativity in creating blends is just super fun. And then being able to turn it into something like cocktails or mocktails is really a super fun part of what I'm doing too. (laughs) I think I might still have a picture of one of the, um, the cocktail recipes. Cause I think you guys like posted it at that event. And if I have it, I'll post it in the show notes so that way people can see and see like an idea of what to do. Nice. All right. Well, let's talk about, obviously you are a few years in now, obviously you said you're learning a lot still. And I think we'll get more into that, but when you started this business, you didn't go all in, you didn't quit your job to start this business. You were still working a full-time job and building this business on the side. Talk to us a little bit about that journey and what it was like, because 
you weren't growing tea leaves in your, in your backyard to create this tea. Right. Yeah, that's true. When I started the business, it was probably the least opportune time and the busiest I've ever been. So I had just had my second baby. Both of my kids were under two and I was like stripped of my identity as whoever I was before I was a mom taking care of all the feeding and cleaning and, you know, domestic sort of caretaking role that my life had become. But also, yeah, I was working full time. I worked as in e-commerce for a long time. Uh, I worked at that time at HSN, which then was acquired by QVC. So really, you know, working full time, trying to remember I had a husband, had two kids, and then I really wanted to bring something into the world that was mine. And that was for me and allowed me to have me time again. And that was really what was so important about the sweetened tea bag, because it, it, it takes the stress out of your me time <laughs> because you don't have to make anything special. You don't have to clean up. And at that time I wanted to be able to start something but I knew doing it by myself was going to be challenging. I'm the type of person that tries to do everything myself, which is, you know, the, the thing that creates burnout and frustration and really keeps thing like keeps the business from growing is trying to do everything yourself. So I learned quickly that a, not everything needs to be perfect, that getting something out there in an imperfect way to get started and learn is the only way to start moving. And so that's what I did. I started the business. I created a few flavors and I went to local Topia, which is a big event in St. Pete. And I got in front of people to help, like, let them taste it, give me feedback. And I had people helping me from the start. I mean, and, and, even if you don't pay people, there are people that are invested in you as a human being and as a friend and a family member that will help you if you ask. And even when I didn't ask, there were people offering, which was amazing. My dear, dear, dear friend, Cassie has been with me since the very beginning. The first day in the commercial kitchen where I was going to be making the tea, she was like, I want to come. I want to help you. And I agreed and never expected it to be that she was there every single time that I had a tea making session. And she just did that to support me for a really long time. And friends that would come help me at events, slinging tea samples to people and helping in the background. And that was really awesome to help me get an understanding of what was needed in the business so that I could also duplicate and replicate that in paid employees, um, or paid contractors, for example, in the kitchen, helping me make the tea at events, <clears throat> helping me sell the tea to other people. And then that turned into, you know, what do I need from a marketing perspective? What do I need from an accounting perspective? And all of those things uh, as a solopreneur are critically important. And I ignored a lot of them for a long time and, you know, they just would keep, poking me as like, gosh, I don't want to do this. I need help. And then eventually you hit your breaking point and wonder why you didn't hire a bookkeeper from the very beginning. <laughs> right. 
right? I feel like there's so many important things in what you said there is first, obviously most of the time when we, uh, with growing your team, we talk about hiring employees. We talk a little bit about hiring contractors, but Ashley just brought up like a super, super important thing is your team doesn't always have to be paid help. And we're not talking about taking advantage of people. We're definitely not talking about that, but your team can be that network of people that support you, help you out, that you go to for questions, your mentors, those people are sometimes are super, super important part of your team because they, they give you insight that you wouldn't be able to see on your own. They help educate you on things that you don't even know that you're missing mm-hmm. and they support you. They, they continue to cheer you up when you know things are hard. They help you see the value of what you're doing when all you're seeing is the work. Right. I'm glad you said you mentioned mentors. I've had a really important mentorship group from the very beginning. And it wasn't formalized, but like you said, there are certain people in your life that you want to take advice from. And then other people, you just kind of ignore their advice, (laughs) but latching onto the people who you respect and other business owners, putting yourself in a situation where you can meet other small business owners. So Jamie, you and I are part of the women, uh, the no women, uh, in Tampa Bay, I guess, including Sarasota now, right. Is it, or is it just Tampa, Clearwater, St. Pete? I don't even Tampa, know. Clearwater, St. Pete, Sarasota is, uh, is separate, but I think we do okay. some events together for in person. But yeah, those, that type of group, I was also part of working women, Tampa Bay and being part of the chamber of commerce really created opportunities. But I mean, there's also free help for small businesses in your area. Most likely I found a business. Um, it's not a coach. I'm trying to think of the exact term. I I think an advisor, a business advisor through the SBDC, which is the small business development center, which is nationwide. And they partner you with a, an advisor on their team for free. And they, depending on who you get as an advisor, they might have a specialty in certain areas of business where they can help you see blind spots and guide you through, I don't know, the importance of having a PL and creating projections for your business and asking you questions about your social media marketing or your marketing plan in general. What's your business plan? Like those resources are available for free for small businesses. So look for them, take advantage of them and find people who can guide you in a way that will kind of help reduce the learning curve a little bit. Um, There's no skipping the learning that you will receive in trying to figure it out yourself, but there are definite shortcuts that you can take um, by finding people who have blazed the trail that you are also following. Right. Exactly. So let's go back and talk a little bit about your journey. So you're working a full-time job, you're starting this business. You mentioned that you pretty much had to wait till you reached your, your breaking point before you hired for certain things. And that's why I always tell people like, look for the signs that it's time to hire in your business. So you don't have to reach that breaking point because too often we are so in our business that we don't really realize what's going on. So I always say at least once a quarter, review your business for the signs that it's time to hire. So you can not reach a breaking point, but you reached that breaking point. You said, I need help. 
but at that point in time, you were still working full time. So tell us, was there a struggle between paying somebody to do work for you when you're like, this is my business and it's still on the side and I can't leave my full-time job yet for this business? Yeah, absolutely. I was, I, I had a difficult time, like I said, because I try to do everything myself. And so I, you know, of course was starting this business because of my love of tea, but also to create a business and be an entrepreneur and consider myself successful and actually pay myself, which wasn't happening when it was a side hustle and hiring for help, trying to understand the vision that was to come, but this stepping stone in order to get help to grow the business, to get to the point that I needed it to, in order to go full-time and grow the business in a meaningful way. It was, it was hard. I questioned everything. I questioned how much somebody deserved to be paid, how much it made sense to pay someone. So I would structure things based on what I would expect if I were in their shoes and not necessarily from the point of view of, you know, I don't want to just try to get away with the cheapest intern that I can (laughs) to get a job done because you get what you pay for. Right. And sometimes you might get lucky and end up with somebody really great that doesn't expect to be paid, but I would say that that's pretty few and far between and investing and believing in your money being well spent is critically important as you grow. I can't say enough about hiring good people and finding the right people that can grow with your business. I've developed relationships. Like I don't have any full-time employees. I do hire out everything. I'm still a solopreneur, but finding valuable people that you pay for their services is what you need in order to be successful and eventually get your business to a point where the growth outweighs the cost and investing in those people is super important. So I've had a weird relationship and attachment with money. Everybody does as a business owner, they either, you know, borrow a bunch of money and then use that, or they, they invest their own money or they use cash flow in the business or a combination of those three things. But yeah, I was even just part-time having to figure out what am I going to do in order to grow this business and what people do I need to help me in all the different areas? Yeah. Yeah. I think there's so many important things there. And to go back, just kind of like the very beginning, like this is something that I see people um, struggle with all the time. Like you said, like there's that attachment to money. Like we have the, a lot of people have that money mindset issues. And I think there's always that thing where it's like, I'm not making that yet for my business. So why should I pay somebody that? Mm-hmm. And I see that all the time or people that it's like, they are pulling money from their business. It maybe is their full-time thing, but they're looking at what they're making and then saying, but I'm not making what I want to be. I'm not making what I consider is what I should be making for this. So why would, why would I give some of that money to somebody else? Yeah. And, you know, I think sometimes we need to get over that to say, 
the way that we're going to get to the point where we can pay ourselves what we want to pay ourselves is by growing the business. And sometimes you can only grow the business if you get the right people on your team. And like you mentioned, Ashley, like you don't have you know, employees yet. You're still a solopreneur, but you have, um, you're, you have this network of people that are helping you of contractors and, and partners and stuff that are helping you do everything that needs to get done in your business that you can't do either because you don't have the time to do it or it's not your wheelhouse and why you're going to struggle with it. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's really important is just to remember is if you're not making what you want yet, you can, mm-hmm. it's because you need more revenue in your business. And sometimes you need to hire to get that revenue. I know sometimes it's, it's painful to make that leap and to start giving money to someone else before yourself, but it, it's sometimes what you need. So I think that that's really, really important. I agree. And all of what you said is helpful in building the foundation for your business. So what I had to understand was that when I'm paying a digital marketing agency, a retainer that, like you said, is more than I'm paying myself, how do I get, how do I understand the value of that? And for me, it was all about the beginnings and building this foundation so that when all of that foundation is in place, then I can start building on it. And maybe those relationships change and that amount of money changes. Maybe you um, have a short-term plan to get a few projects done and you invest in that so that you can then build upon that either with a specific sales channel that you're going after or something like that. It's, it's, it really is an investment that, you have to believe will come to fruition, but being careful that you're building a foundation that builds, helps build your business the way you want it to be. So I'm speaking in vague terms, but for me and my business, I invested in a rebranding and a digital marketing, marketing agency help for a year. And it was quite a big investment for me as a small business. And having those people and professionals to work with. And I have a marketing background. I have a branding background. And those those um, skills for me allowed me to hire the right people and make sure that they were doing better than I could do because I had taken my business as far as I could in that world. And I knew that in order to springboard forward, I needed to pay professionals that could really give me something that was long lasting and use their expertise for a period of time. But it didn't, it wasn't infinite. I had a finite amount of time. I put a lot of work into building this foundation and now I'm reaping the reward of spending that money. Yes. Yes. And I think that's so important. It's like you, you get that ROI. It's what you're, what you're looking for is really that ROI. You said you're reaping the reward. So that is super important. And one of the other things you said is while you were, you have the marketing skills, it doesn't mean you had to do it yourself. You said you, you took it as far as you could go with that and you needed to bring in some other expertise. And I feel like that's really important too, is just because you're good at something doesn't Mm -hmm. mean you have to continue doing it in your business. Sometimes we're too close to things. Sometimes we're getting pulled in different directions. And just because you're giving up that task doesn't mean necessarily you're failing at it or anything like that, or you're not good at it. It's just, it's no longer right for you to do. 
Right. And maybe you're involved in a specific way in the task, but you're not executing it all, all the time. And like I was saying, the skill sets that I had really helped me navigate those things. So I, and, and in order to save money, honestly, I did some of the work and these people that I paid did some of the work and that allowed an, an accountability to happen as well to keep focus on certain things because no matter who you hire, they're always going to need something from you, whether it's direction, approval, um, you know, any number of things like content and being able to share that workload was really important. And I did the same thing when it came to bookkeeping. So bookkeepers can be expensive depending on your type of business. I have a very transactional business because I have a product-based business. So there's a lot of transactions and bookkeeping needs, but I hired a bookkeeper to train me to get me on QuickBooks and help me set up everything that I needed properly in QuickBooks. And then they trained me on specific tasks. And then at the end of the month, they spend an hour and a half rather than five or six hours because I was able to do some of that work ahead of them and make sure that I'm being careful in this particular phase of my business to not just end up spending an exorbitant amount of money unnecessarily. So I think sharing those tasks is also helpful. Yes. And I think that's so important. I think that's a part of hiring and like kind of who you need on your team that I haven't talked about in a while. And there are different types of support you can help for your business. And one is the trainers and educators. So Mm -hmm. you hired someone to teach you what you needed to know. So you could do specific things in your business. And the important thing that you said is you're still not doing all the bookkeeping, but you're doing some of the work where then it can be this clean package and a way to hand off to them to do their work. So you're still involved. You know what you need to know in everything, but then they're doing the work that either you don't have time for, or you're like, yep. I don't care about learning that. So they can do that part. So I think that's super important is sometimes that help that you need is the help to teach you what you need to know, because even though we should delegate and outsource and that stuff, there's still things we need to know as business owners. There's Mm -hmm. things we need to know, like even with the marketing, you need to know enough to say, is this person producing the ROI that's needed for my business and being able to be that kind of like overseer of things while they're executing things. And you need to know that stuff. So sometimes that hiring the teachers and educators is just as important as hiring the person that's going to do the task itself. A hundred percent. Totally agree. And that's really what the mindset for me has been from having a side hustle, even into working in the business full-time and where do I go from here? Right now, I've just um, been invited into a program where it's a it's specifically a mentorship program with other small business owners that can fill in gaps and show and, and contribute to the blind spots that I have in my business to help carry me forward. And I've spent the last six years identifying where those pieces are so that I can recruit people to help me in a meaningful way, which I'm really excited about in this next phase of my business and the growth that can happen because these business mentors, I mean, we've, this is a much more formalized mentorship relationship than I've had in the past, which is what I need in order to have focus. And just, there's so much of me that 
because I was in corporate for 15 or 16 years before I went out on my own as, as an entrepreneur exclusively, I realized that I'm missing this feedback loop of a team to talk to a boss, a company with, you know, very specific goals and all working towards the same thing. And just having somebody sitting next to me to talk to, I was missing that. And this mentorship group is going to be giving that back to me because sometimes I just want someone to tell me what to do because being your own boss and having your own business is exhausting. And you're really just trying things and seeing what works and using your skill set and your knowledge to do your best. But none of us really know what we're doing. (laughs) And having somebody else who have, have done these things before and their business has been where I am right now, they can give me steps and, and tell me what to focus on. If there's a specific sales channel that will be easier to go after because there's a bigger opportunity, like help me focus in those areas where I sometimes get like shiny object syndrome and get distracted by things that I think are going to be great, but they're really not going to help move my business forward in a meaningful way. So I'm, I'm really excited about having those people in my corner in a little bit more of a solidified way to hold me accountable to my own hopes and dreams for the business. Yes. Yes. I love that. And like, that's another source of, you know, sometimes mentorships, uh, like that groups, collaboratives, uh, masterminds, sometimes you have to pay for them. Sometimes they're free depending on which ones you join, but it's another form of help you can get for your business. Uh, last year I was part of an HR mastermind that a bunch of us small business owners in the HR realm decided to start together. And hmm. it was so impactful for our businesses. And the funny thing about it, some of the things we talked about the most were HR challenges or like, this is going on in my business with hiring, or this is going on with my team member, like walk through this with me because I'm too close to it. And we were the professionals, the experts there, but sometimes like you just needed someone who was not involved to bounce those ideas off of and say, mm-hmm. all right, what should I do here? Is, is my thought process right here? Yeah, yeah that that's exactly what I'm talking about. That those professionals that may be in the same industry as you, but they might not be either. They could be in a totally different industry, but they can see things more clearly than you because of how far away they are from the everyday work that you're doing. Not in the day-to-day. All right, Ashley, before we wrap up today, let's talk a little bit more about tea real quickly. Mm -hmm. And caffeine and productivity and coffee. So tell us a little bit about, we all want when we hire people or even ourselves to be highly productive. How does coffee factor into that? And why is tea better? I'm glad you asked. So I went down a rabbit hole a few, well, God, it's been over a year now where I wanted to create like this really quick freebie download for my website, like the five easy ways to transition from coffee to tea. Um, But once I started doing the research, it was just so compelling and important uh, to learn about what the dangers of caffeine and that, that caffeine habit really does to our bodies and to our minds where 
there are millions of like, I shouldn't say millions, but there are a lot of studies that show how good caffeine can be for focus. And I don't doubt that in the least bit, because what caffeine does is it triggers our adrenal system. It puts us in a fight or flight mode that puts adrenaline in our body. And when that happens, let's say in primitive times, we were being, we were in a dangerous situation. Like we were being chased by a lion. Our body produces adrenaline and cortisol and these other chemical reactions in order for us to perform better, to think more clearly, to make decisions more quickly for our muscles to, um, have more blood in them so that they can, we can run faster and get away from the lion. All of those things were built into our nature, the nature of our body, but what caffeine is doing by triggering that and keeping us in this fight or flight mode for an extended period of time, sometimes indefinitely because of the way that people consume coffee and caffeine, it's actually a huge detriment to our bodies that we can't perform without it. Um, there are also, there's an interesting study that I found about bees. Bees were given caffeinated nectar in flowers to try to see what happened to see if they would, um, you know, go back to the same places. And what it showed was that when they were caffeinated, they would keep going back to the same flowers because it created this memory link between, oh, this is what I get when I go here. This is a repeated pattern. I like the way this makes me feel, so I'm gonna keep doing it. But they were much less productive in their honey making because they would spend time going back to the same flowers and there was no nectar there. So I think if you were to apply that study to what we are doing on a daily basis, I think caffeine is perhaps allowing like forcing us to into this state of mind where we feel like we have to scramble and we have to get as much done as we can. And we're missing a lot of what we would be having in our creativity if we were just calmer and we could use our intuition more and less of a drive, get it done, get it done, get it done. And what the real dangers are with caffeine happening in our bodies is I mean, it, it would be, you know, an hour long discussion, but there are things that we, so caffeine has a half-life, which means the half-life of caffeine is about five or six hours. So what that means is if you drink a cup of coffee and it has 200 milligrams of caffeine in it, your body is only able to process half of that out of your body in five to six hours. So you still have a hundred milligrams of caffeine going through your body. And then, you know, What that means is if you drink caffeine in the afternoon, you may have caffeine in your body all the way through to the next morning until you start your habit of drinking coffee again in the morning. And what that does is it really overworks that adrenal system in your body and causes fatigue and a lot of different ailments. I mean, not just anxiety, stress, insomnia, things like that. There's, there's a whole lot of other things that are happening, but it's a, this really simple five tricks (laughs) to get weaned off of caffeine using tea, uh, turned into a 
now 35 page ebook that I'm putting the finishing touches on just to help people understand the difference between the caffeine that's in coffee because of the high volume and what's in tea. So tea has about a third of the amount of caffeine that a cup of coffee does, if that. So there's obviously a lot of caffeine-free herbal teas as well that can be great alternatives for drinking that caffeinated cup of coffee that's most likely doing more harm than good. So that's such great information. I'm always happy that I never started drinking coffee. It was so, (laughs) but I'm a tea drinker. So I like that little bit of caffeine at times, but yeah, like it is one of those things where I feel like now, even with the the tea, sometimes the more I drink it, the more I feel like I need it. And Mm. it's like, so I, and I, it is a slippery slope because some days you might be super tired because your kids woke up a bunch in the middle of the night and you're like, I just need something. And then you drink it and you feel good for temporarily, but then in the afternoon, it just seems like it hits you like a freight train that you feel like even more tired and you feel like you need more caffeine and it just creates this really crazy loop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the things like I started doing in the, in the mornings, unless it was one of those things where I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so tired. Like I need something to help me wake up is I've started drinking like the herbal teas, the caffeine free ones. Cause I'm like, I like the habit of drinking the tea, Mm -hmm. but do I necessarily need the caffeine this morning? And then sometimes I'll wait until that afternoon crash. And if that afternoon crash happens, be like, okay, now it's time to to drink the tea. Um, But of course, then it's probably, I don't know, you said like it's not as much as the coffee. So probably not lasting as long, but then it's wondering, okay, how late should I be drinking the caffeine and the tea? But but I think that's all good. And one of the important things I think about that is we're not saying go and make your employees, if you have an office, gold cold turkey and pull out all the coffee because you're like, it's bad for your productivity. Like we got to cut out the coffee, but maybe start offering tea options. Like I'm always amazed at when I go places and they have like all these different kinds of coffee. And it's like, oh, we have this like leftover tea bag that might be five years old that's sitting <laughs> oh my God. up. And it's just I'm like, angry wait, what? Like, why don't you have more options? Or like all they'll have is make maybe the herbal teas and everything. I'm just like, okay, like what about those of us who want a little bit of caffeine, but don't want coffee. So start thinking about like, if you have a break room where you offer coffee, bringing tea in there and bringing good quality tea in there. So that way your employees have that other option too. And maybe you can help wean them off the coffee habit. (laughs) Right. And the really interesting thing about what you said there and the convenience, um, I have several customers that I've talked to that are teachers or flight attendants or, you know, entrepreneurs themselves where they're not necessarily in an office, but they're moving around a lot. And my teas are in a specific type of packaging that allows you to reseal the bag and take it with you. And it packs really flat so it can fit in your bag. And with the sweetener already in there, you don't have to worry about like, where am I going to find sugar? Do I need a spoon? Cause you really don't even need any of that. And they, they love my tea for that specific reason. Like, especially the teacher comes to mind because they don't have offices. They have their own classroom, but you know, they don't have a setup for coffee and tea. So it's really easy for them to grab the hot water from the break room and then get to the printer, get their papers and get to class. It's yeah. really interesting and 
I love that this was an unexpected result of what I created. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. All right, Ashley. Well, we have to wrap up today. Tell everybody how they can get in touch with you. There are a few ways you can get in touch with me. Uh, LinkedIn is a really good one. If you search Ashley Haywood on LinkedIn, you may come up with a few, but um, my LinkedIn URL is LinkedIn slash in slash Ashley Haywood. And my website for the tea is imbrew.com. That's E-M-B-R-E-W.com. And my email address is Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-Y at imbrew.com. And you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at imbrew tea. And if you're interested in learning more about caffeine or having me speak to a group of employees, I have a talk that I can adjust to the timeframe about educating, not scaring people about caffeine because everybody loves their coffee, right? Especially coffee drinkers. And they're like, no, you can't take my coffee way. But there are things that you can do in order to be conscious of the amount that you're drinking, trying to incorporate a healthy decaffeinated option, things like that. So I do have a talk prepared. Um, if you are interested in educating your staff or even yourselves about that, please reach out. Sounds good. Yes. And all those links to get in touch with Ashley will be in the show notes over at growingyourteam.com. All right, Ashley, one last question that I love to ask all my guests. We've all had leaders or managers that have stood out to us either in our personal or professional lives. Think of a leader or manager that stood out to you and share one great thing about them. My boss early on in my career, it wasn't my first job out of college, but it was my second job. His name was Ron. What a great early boss to have because you can learn so much about the way you don't want to lead <laughs> from your boss or be impressed by the leadership of somebody who is your boss. And he was just a really amazing leader. The way that he took my strengths and helped build me a role that fit my strengths. And that's really spoke volumes, even from day one, when he, during the interview process, I remember him saying, we hire, we hire for people here. We don't hire necessarily to a role. We want good people because we know that we can teach them the, the role that they need, but finding good people is what we do here. And that was really meaningful to me to know that he believed in me as a person. And he, he really guided me through the four years of that job through different roles and helped shape me into the person that I was at that time to move on to the next, the next stage of my career. And I look back at that and have such fond memories, especially about the team bonding and the team dynamic that he created under him. He was a creative director. I started out as a graphic designer and moved into an account management role because that was really where I was meant to be. And he saw that even though I wanted to be as good as everybody else at graphic design, I had strengths in other areas. And that was something that set me on a trajectory that I can't thank him enough for. Awesome. All right, Ashley, thank you so much for everything that you shared with us today about your business journey and for joining us today on the Growing Your Team podcast.
I am so happy to be here and have shared all of this with you. Thank you for all the listeners that you have and to you specifically, Jamie. Thank you. Thank you. And that wraps up this episode of the Growing Your Team podcast. Did you enjoy this episode? If so, and you have not done so yet, please subscribe to the Growing Your Team podcast so you can stay up to date on all the latest episodes and hear all the greatest tips from our guest experts on how you can grow your team so you can scale your business. And if you haven't done so yet, please consider leaving us a review. I would love to hear what you think of the podcast and your review will help other people decide if this is the right podcast for them. So once again, thank you for listening and be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Growing Your Team with your host, Jamie Van Kite. Be sure to subscribe and head on over to growingyourteam.com to connect, access the show notes, and discover more ways to hire and leverage your perfect fit team.